All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I, don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network Podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go. Hello Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at Zephyr Epic, Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic, on all platforms. Go check them out. Retail location in Surrey as well, promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S. The best part about Zephyr Epic is they ship free anywhere in Canada, on any order, over $50 from... From Okanagan... Is that a city? Or is the Okanagan just like you call no, it? No, I, I don't think Okanagan is a city. All right. From the Okanagan. But it, yeah, they do ship to the Okanagan, of course. From the Okanagan to Okotoks, Alberta. Team Ooh. that uh, when I played baseball back in the day, 
Okotoks used to always send their teams from Alberta. I don't know if that's like the hot spot for baseball in Alberta, but they used to always come to a lot of our tournaments in BC. Let me tell you about some of the uh, some of the neighborhoods in Okotoks, okay? Rate these names. Darcy, D apostrophe A-R-C-Y. Yep. So just missing uh, Kemper. Arby a little bit. <laughs> Skunk Hollow, that's a neighborhood okay. in Okotoks. New number one. Tower Hill, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Number two. Woodhaven. Hunter Glen, Drake Landing, and potentially my favorite, Cimarron. Cimarron's probably number one. Drake Landing's up there because it sounds like the name of an Uncharted game that hasn't been released yet. Okay. It's hard to remember all of those, but I would actually put them in the order you read them with Darcy being the last one. I would you didn't put like Darcy Skunk last. Hollow. No, Skunk Hollow would be three. Okay. Yeah. And then down the way you said Okotoks it. blowing up over the past uh, 20 years as well. 20 years ago, 11,000 people lived there. This past year, 30,000 people lived there. Wow. Things friend are of the really show, happening. Friend of the show, Mike Gould, yeah. uh, who's going to be running Canucks Army. And we'll get to that in a second. What? Uh, Okotoks. He's the PA announcer for the Okotoks. I can't remember their name. But sure. uh, maybe the Okotoks Oysters. That sounds right. Mm, I don't think they have Oysters in uh, Alberta there. Mm, that's their junior hockey team. What do they got? Regardless. Uh, Prairie Oysters or what do they call them? No, you know what? We're not going down this road. No, we're we did not. Balzac last week. We're not going down yeah, this road. We're again. not doing this again. Uh, but you know where Prairie you can oysters. order oysters from is DoorDash. Yes, you can. Ding dong. <laughs> Use promo code CONVODD on the DoorDash app to get 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Now, we have something You ever had an oyster? Yes. Have you ever had one? Yes, I've had an oyster. Do you oyster. like them? No, not really. Yeah, I slurped one down, and it was not... Uh, I like seafood. This was way too salty. Yeah, they are pretty salty. Yeah. I used to love them when I was a kid. I was on Put three, a little cream cheese with it. I was on three different people's Instagram stories that night that I tried it. They all took an Instagram video of me trying my first oyster. I Is got there two, still video evidence of this? Three different angles of me just hating every second of it. And I normally like this kind of stuff. Like I'd be yeah. like I like uh, like crab. I'm on my. Uh, I'm on vacation right now, actually, by the way, two quads. Well, right now as thing. this is, as this episode's coming out, I'm on vacation. I'm so uh, am I. I'm off in uh, the East Coast right now eating this is, lobster. This is favoring quads of Christmas past speaking yeah. to you folks because we're both on vacation. Pre-recorded episode. Pre-recorded here. episode. We're recording this on the 22nd, but we're both on vacation. You won't see... Well, you'll still see posts from both of us at Canucks Army because like this episode, we did them in advance, but Faber and I are both taking a vacation. Uh, we were going to do no shows this week, but we said let's put one out for the fans. Uh, we've got a good conversation with Chris Peters that we just recorded. Again, recording this on June 22nd, but it will be out next week. Can I say something about... Both of us are on vacation, so that should be interesting. Can I say something about Chris Peters? Okay, listen. There's a lot of these um, a lot of these prospect insiders who have their lists and people say, oh, like, oh, like you know, these big name people that put out their lists and then we see their, the way that they describe a player and it's like, I don't know if this guy's watched this player before. Chris Peters, Yeah, I really like talking to Chris about prospects. I think he's one of the best. I know that he puts in the work on the tape to watch these players so that he's forming an opinion from his eyes and watching the player. And honestly, I could feel that through the conversation with him. This like Chris really knows what he's talking about. He watches the players. He doesn't just go out and say, "Oh, blah blah blah." This player had a good year last year. It scored this many goals, this many yeah, points, or, and his body is strong. This no, player, Chris watches the prospect. This player knows what he is. Okay, well, I yeah. would also like to know what he is. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so we'll just get right to it. We'll get right to our conversation with Chris Peters. One of the Daily best. Face Off. One of the best, like you just said, Chris. Uh, one of the best from Daily Face Off. Here's our conversation with Chris Peters. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, joining us now from Daily Faceoff. You love him for his draft coverage, and we are going to love him on this episode here. Chris Peters is joining us from DFO. Uh, Chris, how are you doing today? I am doing well. It's good to be with you guys. Great to, great to chat with you, and glad that we are, are winding down the draft. Uh, it seems like these years continue to run together, and I need a nap. So let's, uh, let's, let's get on with it. I think once, <laughs> once you get that final draft rankings out, like is it, is it time to rest, or is it now just like podcasts, radio, shows? Like are, is it just madness for you after the final rankings, or is that kind of like a time to take a step back and just relax a little bit? Yeah, you know, it, after they come out, obviously, you know, you start doing a lot more um, off-site coverage, you know, where you're talking to a lot of different radio stations, podcasts, things like that. I mean, the, the good thing is, is that, you know, you've just spent all this time building up that list and, and spending all that time looking at these players. And it's really, it's, it's over a year's worth of work that ends up in that final product there. And, you know, you, you, you that kind of everything is easy after that. It, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely still a lot of opportunities to talk to different people about the rankings, about the draft. Um, and, and that that's enjoyable because the work's already done. So, you know, you don't, there's no real research or homework you have to do. You, you just spent a year doing it. So, um, so that's really where, you know, things still continue to ramp up. And then once the draft day actually hits and then you're starting to think, okay, well, how am I going to cover it? You know, day of the reaction, um, those, you know, that's a, that's a crazy sprint. And then basically, unlike last year after the draft, I was at the World Junior Summer Showcase, which was going on during the draft. So my draft season actually started before the other one even ended. Um, and so that was kind of a weird thing. And that's kind of why we're, it feels like we're in this never ending cycle. And <laughs> this year, I only get a couple of weeks to go <laughs> before the World Junior camp for, for USA, um, down here. So it's really, it, it just never stops in the prospect world. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I'd like to try to rest. I, I am going to take a family vacation at some point, but 
uh, aside from that, yeah, it's just, just it's full goal all the time in the prospect world. Well, we'll buy you a drink in Montreal, make it a little bit easier on you anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we want to preview, um, obviously, what the Canucks can do with that first-round pick. There's obviously a lot of different directions that the Canucks can go, and there'll probably be a lot of different directions that lead them to who is available for them at 15 because the way that this draft kind of shapes out for me is like they're they're the tier between like maybe 12 and 23 to 25 is is pretty similar. It's, it's kind of just which player type do you want to go for. Uh, and I'll just start with the guy who's number 15 on your list because why? not that's where the Canucks are picking and this is a very interesting one and Jaeger Furcus um just one of the best shots in the draft I think we'll talk about uh Jonathan Lekaramaki in just a minute here but Furcus is a guy who is kind of up there with with Lekaramaki as one of the top shots in the draft you have him at 15 which is I think a little bit higher than what we see him kind of on the consensus and other other people's rankings so what puts him at 15 for you compared to some people having him more in kind of the 20s well I you know I think that part of it is you know, the size is a factor, but it's, it's never really been something that, that I think has held him back. You look at his production this season, you look at the way that he's performed, um, you know, and being a, being a go-to goal scorer, you know, that's, that's huge. I think, you know, being a guy that not just has a great shot, but knows how to get to the middle, knows how to get to the inside, and, and he's able to put, put himself in really good scoring positions. So I, I think, you know, he, he doesn't have the best overall shot, but I think he might have the best release where, where it's just, it's so quick off his stick. It's, you know, and that's just a combination of having fast hand skills and, and, and just being a skilled player. But he really does have a, a pretty violent, you know, quick release where you know, the puck gets on the goaltender in a real hurry. And, and that's, that's such a great quality to have. Um, you know, I, I felt a little similar to from him and, and Logan Stankovan from last season. And mm. just, you know, they have this competitive drive and they're, they're a little bit underrated for their size. If you look at what Stankovan did this year um, it, with Kamloops and just, you know, that's, that's exactly what I thought would happen this year is just he's, he's that kind of player. So I think that we were only seeing Perkis scratch the surface of his full offensive potential. Um, there's always risk in, in drafting some of the, the smaller forwards. But as I looked through that class and I looked at some of the other guys that I had listed, you know, I, I just felt like he had the best package uh, of scoring ability that, you know, allowed him to kind of float a little bit ahead of some of these other guys that I had on the list. And I just didn't see – a ton of, you know, real glaring, uh, concerning weaknesses uh, outside of, you know, just not being the biggest guy. Yeah, most definitely. That's going to be interesting to watch it play out because it always, it like, with a player who has a top shot in the draft, like, I think we've looked in the past and seen, like, a Patrick Line come in and be this big body with a really strong shot, and that's the reason why he's got such a good shot. It, it almost feels like there's even more potential for Furcus to develop that shot with him already being at that size. You have to think like with some added muscle and potentially, you know, growing a little bit or even just adding on weight, like his shot could get even better. And there's already so much excitement around what he can do at his small size. Yeah. And, you know, just getting all these guys, you know, when you talk about, well, they're going to have to get stronger. Well, they, they are going to get stronger if they, if they're committed and they're dedicated, they're going to get stronger because their bodies are continuing to develop and they're, they're just going to be, they're, they're going to be exposed to more training and different things. And once they get with an NHL team, there's a nutrition and a nutritionist and a strength and conditioning coach and player development people. And you've all of a sudden got all these people invested in your improvement. Um, and, and that, and that's where guys like him, where I, I do think that's part of it is that, you know, we expect them to get stronger. We expect them to get better. You know, I, I'd be more concerned if he was too perimeter, if he was always to the outside, if he wasn't cutting to the middle as frequently as he does that would give me concern about a player like that. But because he already has that, and then on top of that, we'll add strength. That's why the value increases for a player like that. Did you put him at 15 because of the mustache at the combine, though? 
<laughs> I well, you know what? I think uh, it probably it didn't help. I had already finished my list by then, so but I was like, ah, maybe you know. And I do tweak. I do tweak quite a bit right up until the time it publishes. But I, I don't think that was the deciding factor in the end. Chris, what happened to Brad Lambert? Like, like a couple of years ago at the World Juniors, I think he was 16 at the time. People were talking about this guy being like a top three pick for sure. Now we're seeing a lot of variations. I know some outlets have him, uh, you know, in the top 10, but most of them have him kind of in the middle and out of the top 10 altogether. Like, what happened to Brad Lambert, and what's your take on this player? You know, he is, he is an interesting one because I'll tell you what, if you look at the pure skills, if you just look at the skill set that he has, yep. unquestionably among the best. I mean, he is the best skater in this draft. He's got fluidity in his stride. He's got... You know, really good shot. He's got good passing ability. The issue is, is that he's, he's now, you know, there's been this kind of move to try and find the right spot for him. You know, he's basically, he's played for three different teams over the last three years. Yeah. It's, you know, there hasn't been a progression um, to his game. Now, he was so, so good at 15 that maybe, and this, this is not really his fault, but maybe things moved a little too quickly for him and he was pushed up to the to Liga a little too fast and wasn't quite ready. You know, he only got a couple games that season, but then, you know, at, at 16 and 17, he starts playing more games. And, um, you know, last year he played forty a full season with, um, you know, and then this year he ends up moving from JYP to, to Lati, which is his hometown club. Um, and, the production just didn't continue. It, you know, and I think that there are concerns. He had a great World Juniors, the two games. It wasn't great against great competition, yeah. but he had a lot of points in the canceled World Juniors, five points over two games. But he was so often you just would watch him and you say it's not what he does is not leading to anything, and and that's a huge concern. And what this starts saying, okay, does he need to compete harder? Does he need, is there a hockey sense situation? Is his vision compromised? Like in terms of not just like, you know, his actual eyesight, but you know, his hockey vision is, 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 is there a block there? Is there something that he's not seeing? Is he not being able to make these plays? And, you know, you hope that a player with his skill set, playing with professionals and understanding that, that, that the guys that he's going against are bigger, stronger, more experienced. You, you still hope that that, Skill will eventually take over, and if you have the hockey sense to match it, you know that'll actually allow you to have more success. Now, you look at him, you look at Uri Slavkovsky, neither of them produced at a level that you would expect of a top player in the in Liga. You know, like like Barkov and and uh, uh, Ranton and Aho. Like you know, th- their production is not comparable to those those guys at that same age. But with Slavkovsky, you're seeing more of a progression. You're seeing him take steps year over year, whereas Lambert has kind of been at the same stage. And so that lack of improvement on top of the lack of production is the, is a real big cause for concern. I, I went to the world under 18 in Germany, and unfortunately Lambert too old for that tournament, so it wasn't an opportunity for him to, to make another case for himself. But I did talk to a lot of Finnish scouts, and you hear a lot of the same kind of complaints. You know, all the school, all the tools are there. I don't know if he's coachable. I don't know if he's, you know, I, and, and this is just a lot of different opinions. And I try not to do too much about character um, publicly because there, I don't know the player well enough personally to, to really assess that. So, but you know, the, those are the types of concerns that are getting raised by the scouts and saying, you know, just, is he going to work hard enough? You know, what's, what's 
going on. He's done 13 in three years. It seems like a problem. Um, and for me, it just came down to all the tools are there, but something isn't clicking. And, and when something isn't clicking at this stage of a player's career, not that he can't get it back, but it, you start wondering if he will. And then, so I bumped him down my list because I think that he has all the tools, but high risk potential that he's not going to put it together and he's not going to get better from where he is. And if that doesn't happen, then we've got problems and you've got uh, uh, first round picks that are not going to help you. So hopefully he can put it together. I still think he's a first round talent in this class, but I mean, that's, that's the reason why he's kind of dropped down a lot of lists. And you have him at 25 in your rankings. And I think when we look at rankings and we look at mock drafts, they're a little bit different because the way I look at Lambert is he's a risk in the top 10. To me, like a t- I feel like a team is going to take a risk on him in the t- in between 10 and 20. Like, do, do you think that, I guess maybe like, what are the odds? Because I, I would put it at like maybe 60-40 that Lambert's gone by the time the Canucks go to pick at 15. Do, I know that this is a little bit different looking at a mock than it is with an actual rankings, but do you think he's there at 50 or at 15? Like what percent do you think uh, um, Lambert yeah, might be Yeah, I, I think 60, I think 60, 40 is a pretty good, a pretty good bet, you know, in terms of his being there. Um, you know, I do think that, you know, there's, there's enough, there's enough concern out there that teams are going to pass and that there are, but there are players that have improved in such a way that, you know, they're going to, they're going to go ahead of them. Now, there are a lot of guys on my personal board that I don't think have a chance to go ahead of Brand Lambert, but right. they're, but that's my, my take is that they're better, you know? So that's just basically, um, you know, that's just me, but yeah. So I would say that he's probably on the board. And then, you know, at that point you're saying, you know, how much of a risk are we willing to take here? How much, you know, do we think he can do it? Um, obviously having Patrick Alvin, who has such experience with, you know, with the European ranks and, and obviously you know, with so many contacts in Sweden and Finland, you know, he's, he's, I'm sure he's seen Brad Lambert since he was, you know, 15 years old or 14 years old when he really started coming on. So they're going to have a good book on him. No question about it. And it's just going to come down to, do we feel that there's a risk worth taking? Cause the skill, no question about it. you watch him for five minutes. How is this guy not the best player in the draft? Yeah. When he's so, on. Absolutely. So that's, that's the way it is. Yeah. When he's on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When he's on, when he's skating, you know, through the neutral zone and, once you get in the offensive zone, you start saying, okay, well, maybe maybe we got something to worry about. Most definitely. I think one of the guys we wanted to ask about was a player that we kind of identified like you know a couple months ago as, a, as an option for the Canucks if they were to trade down from 15. Uh, and I'm talking about Marco Casper here, but the interesting thing that's happened is like, I feel like everybody caught up on the playoff tape of Marco Casper in the SHL and saw how much he was more <laughs> of an impact player uh, for Rugla when he was in the playoffs because it looked like a different player. And I feel like he's just shot up ranking so much right now. I think you have him at 12 or seeing him, you know, crack the top 10 in certain people's rankings. Is he going to be there for the Canucks at 15? Cause it feels like he might be one of the, I guess like most consistent looking throughout all the rankings. He feels like the guy who is yeah. always rising on everyone's board right now. Yeah, no question. I, I think it's, it's highly doubtful that he'd be there at 15. I think that it'd be, you know, I might, I might be surprised if he gets to 11, to be honest with you. I think that he's really, risen up the charts he's got you know decent size he plays with edge he's, he's got a, a bit of meanness to him um and then he's got really good skating ability he never quits on a puck I mean, he plays so not just he goes from that has that great playoff run with rogla and then he goes to the world championship and he's austrian's best forward and it's just like i mean this guy is making plays making things happen didn't have great numbers austria didn't score a lot of goals but mm-hmm. he, he was a factor and you 
the thing that really impressed me about him being on Austria is here he is, this teenager that is, you know, that really his only other international experience at a major level was, you know, through, I think he did some Olympic qualifications and other things like that, but he was the leader of that team like on the ice. He was, <laughs> he was kind of, you know, point, pointing out where guys should be going, where they should be, and then he's making all these plays, so he's backing it up, so they better have been listening to him because he seemed like he knew what he was doing. But the thing about Casper is, it's so important for a player to have their season, you know, we expect peaks and valleys, but he was a guy that just consistently got better all throughout the year. And I think part of that was confidence, but other part of it is experience. And when you put all that together and you have the postseason run that he did, you say, okay, this, there's something there. There's absolutely something there. Maybe he doesn't have the skill level and some of the guys that are kind of really close to him on the board, like, you know, Matthew Savoy, He's a guy where you know I, I have a feeling Casper could go ahead of him in this draft, and, but he's you know Savoy is too skilled, but he's not that big, and he is competitive, but he's not he's not quite as effective as the way that Casper plays. Like I have a feeling that that could be you know uh, uh, an interesting one too to kind of see where those guys end up going because the way Casper's season went, it really did shoot up and. I have to say, I, I, I wasn't a believer for a long time that you just start watching more tape and it's just like, how, how do you not love the way this guy plays? And uh, I think he's a, a real good player. Yeah, most definitely. Had him on the show about a month ago and just a, an awesome person as well to chat with. Um, I guess one of the guys I want to ask about, he's ranked in your top 10, um, but to me, just kind of looking at your list, the top eight players feel like pretty settled as to me, what I expect to see is the top eight players go. I find that one of these players is going to slide potentially a little bit. And I wonder if what the Canucks can look at at 15, if Jonathan Lekaramaki, who we mentioned a little bit earlier, if he's one of the guys that slides, because we obviously know the performance that he had at the U18s. It was incredible putting up, a, was it 16 points, I believe, um, or 15 yeah, points 15, in six yeah. games. Mm-hmm. And then just seeing that performance obviously shot him up draft boards pretty quickly. But I wonder if people have watched more of his SHL tape and seen that maybe he isn't, you know, a top five talent in this draft. And I don't think we've seen him go that high in a lot of people's rankings, but he's consistently showing up in top tens after really jumping up after the U18s. Is he one of the guys that might slide a little bit? And how good of a pick would that be for the Canucks if he's there at 15? I I mean, I think it'd be amazing. I think I'd be stunned if he's there. Um, You know, I think that he's, he is really, you know, he, he also, Sweden just announced their preliminary round for the World Juniors. He's on that roster. He was not on their World Junior team um, in the in the winter. Um, so now you expect him to be on that roster for the summer World Juniors. And that's just a reflection of, of how well he played at the under-18s, but just how well he played throughout the season. So he was dominant at the U-20 level. He was fine. You know, the SHL, you know, I think he actually played really well for the for the, you know the, the amount of ice time that he was getting for the role that he was in, the fact that he isn't that physically developed yet. Um, you know, I thought you know getting seven goals in that league um, really showed that that goal scoring talent is translatable. Um, and you know, he the thing is, we, we, we viewed him a lot as a goal scorer throughout the year, but really he's he's one of the better shot pass threats in the whole draft because yeah. he just makes a lot of plays. It's just you know he, he makes great decisions with the puck. He does a lot of different things that you know, are, are really impactful. And I think that's the biggest reason why he's kind of settled into that top 10. You know, I, I think, you know, you mentioned the top eight guys. I think if there's a guy that's going to slide, it's probably Nazar, you know, and, and that's oh. the interesting one to me. He's one of my favorites. But I, I you know, the, the, the public industry versus the scout, the actual scouting industry are pretty, they're, they're not super far apart, but they're, they're not together. 
hit the the opinion on Nazar is not as high among scouts as I think it is among a lot of us that do this in the public. Hmm. Chris, fill in the blank. The Vancouver Canucks will draft at 15th blank. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that, that doesn't make it very easy. I mean, <laughs> Just lots know, of I'll, options I'll tell for you what. You. I, I'll, give you, I'll, give you, I'll give you a real answer, but I, but I, but I, I think I want to preface it by saying that you know, I think consensus falls by the wayside after three. Mm. Um, and I don't know that you're necessarily going to see both defensemen go in the top five. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily know which order they're going to go in. I don't think they'll fall to 15, but I don't think that, you know, I don't think that the draft is going to shake out quite, you know, my, my board is my reflection of my opinion. I don't think it's going to go the way that I think it's going to go uh, one, two, three, and then beyond. What will be interesting is who are the guys that really do slip? How far do the Russians go? How far does Matthew Savoy go? Nazar, who I just mentioned, you know, that, that's going to be interesting. But I think the players that will, will be in that range, you know, I think Savoy, it's possible. It's not likely, but it's possible that he's there. I don't necessarily know if he's a stylistic fit for the Canucks. I don't necessarily know, you know, if, if, there's any team that views him as a center, um, you know, it's just a, he's he's interesting there. But I would say that in that range, you're you know you could see Danilo Yurov there, who I think would be a great pick at 15. You could see Kevin Korchinski. It's a, he's less likely now. He's another guy that's rising. That's, mm-hmm. You know, left shot defenseman with really good offensive skill. Then Matejchuk should still be there, I would think as well. And but again, that's another uh, you know undersized. He's five eleven. Not that big of a deal, but you know, undersized um, defensemen with with a ton of skill. You know, so it's just like you know, is that is that too redundant for for the Canucks? So the guy that I'll put in there as a fill in the blanker um, is I'm going to say, oh man, I'm going to say Connor Geeky. I think he might hmm. still be there. Um, he is obviously you know he's big, he's strong, good two way player. Not that fast. That's the big knock is the skating. But, you know, I think there's still a lot of upside there because his hockey sense is so strong. I think he's got some of the best hockey sense in the draft. He's always around the puck. His numbers weren't sensational. But I think there's a lot of upside there still. The skating does need to improve. But that's a guy, it, it, like I said, there are so, there are so many possibilities of what's going to happen at 15 in this draft. And, and predicting who it's going to be specifically is so difficult. So I'm just giving you now. I have I have Geeky a bit lower. I have him more you know towards the 20s in my draft or on my board. But I know that there are a lot of teams that really really like him and could see I could see him going a bit higher than or I definitely see him going higher than I have him based on what I've been hearing. And I think that's so interesting. You bring it up like there's we don't know what's going to happen. 15 is an interesting spot because one of these. I guess higher tier players could be sliding into that 15th spot. Mm-hmm. That that could open up the door, you know, for a, a team to look to trade up to 15. And I think for the Vancouver Canucks, you look at their prospect pool, Chris. You know this. It's not uh, it's not top end around the NHL. They definitely are missing. They're missing quality. They're missing quantity. They're missing both of it. Uh, they need to add both of those. And trading down feels like a decent option for the Canucks. I look at Anaheim having the 22nd pick and the 55th pick. Maybe that's something you want to explore for the 15th overall. I know Arizona has a couple uh, near the end of the first round. Montreal as well with a pair of first late. Like, looking at this 
trade down option for the Canucks. Let's say they get into the mid twenties there. I want to ask about the two big defensemen that we like. One of them guests on the show and Owen Pickering, uh, as well as Leon Bichsel. With both of those players, 6'5 monsters, but the thing that's interesting is they both skate so well, and I don't know if it's about the camera view uh, that we've seen from Pickering in his home rink there. It feels like it's very low. He just looks like a, I don't know, he looks like a monster (laughs) skating through the ice. I think it's because the camera's so low or something, but you're just shocked to see the way that he moves uh, in Bichsel to be able to do it in the SHL and have some success there. Uh, It's been great to watch him as well. Like Both of these defensemen excite me a lot if you are trading down to the mid-20s just because of their size and their skating ability. There's so much to like in both these guys, I feel like. Absolutely. The skating for both of them is outstanding. And then you just add the size on top of it. It's the cherry on top, you know. And I think for Pickering, you know, there's still some work to do. He's mm-hmm. still got to run it to his game. There's absolutely some offensive potential. He played on an, an absolutely dreadful team this year. Um, you know, but he really, really had a chance to get big minutes, to get big opportunities. And he went to, with Canada to the under 18. And that team wasn't very good either, but he was pretty good. He did, he did well for them. You know, he kind of stabilized their back end, got good minutes. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that, you know, I, I think could go higher than I had him, you know, just because I think there's a lot of potential there. I think really the, the hockey sense is still something that needs to come along a bit more for him to be, you know, what he ultimately can be. I think, you know, Bischel is, is one of those guys where he absolutely could go, I think, into, like, if, if, if the Canucks were to take him at 15, it wouldn't shock me because I think he's he's huge. He's athletic. He's got, you know, he's physical. He's got all these different tools that you can you can really project into the NHL. That smoothness in his skating stride. And, you know, he was one of the guys, he's one of the first players, as I kind of turned the page from last year to this year and after the World Junior Summer, Summer Showcase and when the season was just starting, you know, I – the, the, I think it was like the Champions Hockey League or something like that I ended up watching and I'm just watching Bischels for this first time and I'm just like oh my god like how is a guy that big move that well and you know it's just uh, I, I guess I had a chance to see him too at the under 18 but this was really his opportunity um, you know to, to kind of see what he looked like against the pros and I mean there's there's just a lot there and so you know he's lower on my board but I know that there's a lot of teams that like him a lot I think that he's a guy that, that you know if if a team is really focused on getting bigger on the blue line um, there's a lot to like about him. He doesn't have a ton of offensive upside. Like I think, I think he would be fine. You know, I think he moves pucks really well. I think he get the odd point. Um, but you know, he's he's definitely. I think his value is going to be in that transition and just making the first pass and, and um, defending. You know, hard in the zone. So uh, you don't always take those guys in the top fifteen, but sometimes, in a, especially in a class like this, if you have somebody you like in particular. And he happens to be that guy. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be a stretch to say anything on 15. I, I loved watching him play against Shane Ray at the U18s. And just like, it felt like he was just bullying him. He's like, you're the first overall pick. Like, I am going to absolutely bully you all game long. And that was uh, fun to watch as he matched up against Canada. Final name we're going to ask you about before we let you go, Chris, is another uh, trade down option. I really like him because he's a pure center. Uh, you wrote about it. And I think you nailed it here. One of the best one-timers in the draft. In Yuri Kulik uh, coming out of the Czech League. This is a guy who I've seen play a little bit of wing, but really looks like he translates to being a center. That's kind of where I've seen him play most of his time at. Uh, what What is this <laughs> option? 
I mean, I feel like you have one of the better shots here. You mentioned it. You see him work on the power play on the right side, and he looks incredible. It's just, it's strong. It's consistent. It has accuracy. There's a lot to like about what he can bring on a power play. But the other thing is, to me, he's a center. This is not a center wing who's going to translate to the NHL and become a winger. This is the type of player who's going to be a center moving forward. I like the way that he plays in the neutral zone defensively, being the low man uh, during a forecheck, as well as also being a low man and being able to to kind of notice scoring chances coming against. Like, I like yeah. a lot about this player if the Canucks want to go with maybe best player available somewhere if they were to trade down like this might be the guy that you kind of want to go with because of the upside and it's also kind of a bonus to be able to add a center instead of a winger to your group yeah absolutely I, I think he I think he translates very well to a center I mean you know it just depends on if you want to really unlock and open up his his five on five scoring ability you know you may say oh well, we'd like him we'd like him on the wing he's just so much so much more dangerous there but at the same time I don't think that's really worth it because you look at the way that he competes off the puck he's got good physical strength he anticipates extremely well i think that you, know, you kind of nailed it there with uh, with basically how he reads plays in the offensive zone he spots where he needs to be he gets open very easily um but then he also goes and attacks pucks too you know so he'll go in there he'll get into the dirty areas he'll win puck battles um you know he can play at the net front he's good and tight but i mean yeah you when you see him unleash that one timer and we saw it so many times at the world under 18 there was just like you know you knew what was coming and nobody could stop it. And it was, you know, that, that's still just a special, special trait of his. Um, and it's only one aspect of his game. So, so Coolidge for a long time was a guy that I think a lot of people viewed as a potential second rounder. I remember talking to somebody after the world juniors and as short as it was, he's like, people are going to be talking about Kulik, man. He's going to be the guy he's going to, there are going to be a lot of people talking about him and they're, they're, they're missing him right now. And, Sure enough, you know, his season continues. He has this big world under 18s, and now everybody knows about him. He's not a secret anymore. And then, uh, you know, the scouts that were hoping they could get him in the second round know that they won't because he's going to go in the first. And so how early remains to be seen, but that, that he's another one of those types of players where I could definitely see a team that says, oh, we just like him that much that you'll take him higher than, you know, we would expect. And that's basically how the draft works. You know, yeah. teams are, have their guys, they have their lists, and, it's not always exactly the way we expect it to be, and that's what makes it so fun, and it's why we watch the draft every year because there's plenty of drama. And I, maybe it's just something about this year's draft, but like I feel like this, you can bring up a lot of players that are in the 20s where it's like, no, I could see them going 12th. I could see them going 15th. Like I, I just feel like that's the reason why potentially trading down for the Canucks is the right decision for 15 because I feel like there's going to be a player that slides that another team wants to trade up for. And then just with all that talent that we just discussed here over the last little bit, like I feel like you're getting a similar player at, you know, 23, 22, 21, as you are kind of getting at 15. Plus you're probably adding a second round pick. Like I just like the depth in the first round that the Canucks trade down option seems to be the best one for me. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think it, it certainly makes sense. And I mean, it's, it's really, it's going to be up to them and kind of wait who's there. I mean, I think it's always you can wait until you, you know, right out, right before you pick and, and make that decision. And that, you know, sometimes that pick is never going to be more valuable than right before you're going to use it. And, and so that's, <laughs> that's where you have to make that decision. And I think it's just, it's, it's, uh, it, it's an interesting option. I do think that the, the, the tier separation starts a little bit more like in that 22 ish range mm-hmm. where you're starting to say, oh, maybe, you know, if we can stay within that range, I think that that's, that's probably where you would want to be. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is going to be fascinating. I think it's probably one of the least predictable first rounds. I've been hearing from a lot of scouts. I think that a lot of the mock drafts they've seen, they're like, nah, I don't think that's how it's going to go. Um, and that's actually every mock draft ever, but we <laughs> still are going to keep doing them. So, uh, 
So, yeah, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun to follow, and I, I can't wait to see how it shakes out. I, I think this is a fascinating class. It's not my favorite class that I've ever covered in terms of quality of player, but at the same time, there's there's plenty of value to be had there, and I think teams that, uh, that did their homework are going to feel real happy coming out of this draft. Absolutely. Very much looking forward to the draft. Just a little bit more to go here, Chris, until we get there. So we appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to join us here. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in Montreal. Should be a blast. All right. Thanks, guys. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Chris. And a massive thank you to Chris Peters of Daily Faceoff for joining us. Really interesting conversation as we get ready for the draft. Chris, we're going to be getting ready for some rays here as we record this. Again, favoring quads of Christmas past talking to you. We're going to be soaking up the sun. I thought you were talking about the rays that I'm getting from the new job that I start on July 1st. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm catching some rays right now. Uh, I'm off. At this point, I might be in Nova Scotia. I might be in New Brunswick. I might be in PEI checking out the red beaches. Apparently, that's what I'll be looking at here in PEI. But I don't know. I don't know when this episode's coming out. We're pre-recording this into the future. We're sending this off into the, I don't know, the interwebs. Uh, You and your TikToks. What do you forward this to Addison Ray? She's posting it for us, right? Still, I actually do know who that is now. I uh, yeah. I Googled it, and we're all good now. Yeah, I know. That's the only thing you find in your Google history now. <laughs> also, shout out. We, we said we'd give a shout out to these guys. Uh, Alice Dare and Hubs Gaming yes, on that was awesome. Twitter had a, I don't know how many posts long, different Photoshops. They kept putting little things into the post. It, it was it was funny. It was almost like one of those. I seen Abbotsford, the, the Abbotsford Canucks were doing this, like find the five differences in these two photos. There was a couple that they posted back and forth. We had to, you had to look pretty tight to see what the changes that they made. That was a hilarious post. Yeah, we retweeted that on the uh, Canucks Convo account. But, uh, yeah, we, we were we were going to take the whole week off, but we had this awesome conversation with Chris Peters uh, late last week, and we wanted to kind of put it somewhere, and I felt like this is where it fit the most because uh, Friday we had a great guest on the show, um, and then this just kind of fit this week. So we want to do this sort of a bonus episode, but it was great to chat draft. It's obviously coming up in just a, a week or so here now. Uh, so very excited for that. I'll be covering it from Montreal boots on the ground, as I've been saying, uh, and excited to, uh, to get that going. And uh, I think I owe Chris a drink because he brought some great uh, insight there. Uh, it was good to chat with him uh, about the prospects that we like for the Vancouver Canucks at 15, even though you had some wacky, open, like just, completely open-ended questions quads who do you think the the canucks are gonna pick at 15 that's what the people want man they don't want this tell me about this guy no they want who who are they taking no no people want to know who the canucks are taking all right that's what the listeners want all right we're gonna go now okay (laughs) we've been we've been recording on this 22nd like june 22nd we've been recording for three hours this is like the longest we've been in a room together in a while yeah yeah. Time to end this. <laughs> no show on Saturday. That's yeah. uh, We were taking the full week off. This is your bonus content. Uh, no show on Saturday. Uh, we'll be back midweek, though. Next week, I'll check in from Montreal, I believe, is where I'll yeah. be. I think. I don't know. I don't know what day it is today that this is coming out. I don't know where I am. It'll I'll either be, be in Montreal or somewhere else. Yeah. I'll be well, off in the east eating lobster, though. That's for sure. We'll, we'll know more in the, in the coming week. So yeah. thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation Delivered by DoorDash Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.